and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. This episode, 92, is a continuation of episode 91, in which we started talking with Father Christopher Brashears, canon lawyer and parish priest for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, about miscommunications that the laity and clergy can sometimes have with each other. In episode 91, we mostly focused on obstacles to sacraments and how miscommunication between clergy and um, laity can sometimes hinder the reception of sacraments. In this episode, we mostly focus on miscommunication from the Pope, so things that come out of the Vatican and get um, released to us in the media. We also focus on children in church, and we also talk about parishioners and other parishioners and how sometimes those dynamics can be brought to our priests and how our priests can view those things. So we hope that you enjoy this continuation of that conversation. On that note, you've mentioned Pope Francis a few times. Um, We've talked a lot about the dealings with your parish priest level, but what about um, handling confusion with, you know, the hierarchy of the church, whether that is misunderstanding something or dis- or outright disagreeing with the Pope or um, handling the abuses of the church and the clergy and personal, you know, just the, the righteous anger that exists because of that. Um, so those sort of things, like what, what um, uh, can we speak on that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And in fact, I would like to address the, the, the clergy abuse scandal because, you know, we do think often just of the uh, sexual abuse part of that. But I also want to talk about, in a sense, a little lesser degree of that. And that is that when we have been wronged by the priests, mm-hmm. um, I was talking to a gentleman recently who, had, you know, going through this, that I've been hurt by the priest, not on anything they did, but per se, what they said to, you know, this individual. And I've been, you know, there was one time in the confessional that the priest was, uh, that I was going to confession, not the other way around. Otherwise I might be breaking the seal. No, (laughs) this is my own seal. This is my own confession. And uh, I sat there and he was just really lecturing me and just berating me. I mean, I'd never been to priests like this before. And I said, Father, excuse me, I have a confessor a regular confessor. I just need the sacrament incidentally now. Um, I have a spiritual director. You're not him. And on the last point, if you're not going to do your office, which is to give me the, give me forgiveness as I've been contrite and I have given my confession, then I will find a priest who will. Fine. God forgive you. (laughs) 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 So, you know, I'm not that bold to be able to. <laughs> like, okay. I just cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I understand, you know, and, and had I not had a canon law, I wouldn't have been so convicted um, and been to so many priests to confession and know that no better. This is not the way you're to be treated. And so, but, you know, in that, 
I, I would bargain to say that uh, at some point in our lives, the mo at least the, those of us who have been very involved with clergy, we've probably gotten our toes stepped on, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes more painfully than others. And so, absolutely, I understand that there are hurts and there are things that we're just sitting there, and then it just makes it a little bit harder next Sunday to sit there, and, and we feel in a certain way a little betrayed. Now, I'm not going to get into the debate of was it right or was it wrong, um, because sometimes we get hurt and there was nothing there for it, and it wasn't substantial. On the other hand, it was the priest who really screwed up and his fault. But in any case... And we are still called to forgive, even the priests. And sometimes I think we have a hurdle with that. We sit there and we think that the priests, because they sometimes act in persona Christi, in the very personhood of Christ, that they should be like Christ in all things. And so therefore the priest should never hurt my feelings. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but what would Jesus do? He, he drove away all of the people when he told them about the Eucharist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, yeah, if you need a reference, go read your Bibles. But this is kind of the thing is that, you know, it's hard then sometimes to hear those hard things. And it is we sometimes get hurt the other way. And then, of course, we have the abuse, the sexual abuse. How could this happen? How could these priests do this? And... And we really find ourselves sometimes even harder to forgive the priest than it would be to forgive somebody else. As we know, most of the sexual abuse happens in families, happens in you know schools, clubs, all those things. Far exceeds what the, happens in the church. And where it happens anywhere is horrible. But sometimes people don't have those same hurdles, forgiving a family member, forgiving a coach, forgiving somebody like that, as they do the priest. Because the priest was supposed to be better. Mm -hmm. The priest is supposed to be better. Uh, St. John Vianney gave a great quote and said, If the priests are holy, the people will be good and the society will be decent. But if the priest is only good, the people will be decent and the society will be horrible. And God help us if the priest is only decent. So, you know, this is one of those things that priests really do need to be better. And they need prayers. And they need support. And sometimes they just need a little, you, you did good, boy. You did real <laughs> good. We're real proud of you. Uh, boy, you got it. You know, you did a good one. Because sometimes, you know, as we're still human, we still don't really have a lot of that feedback. Um, and, you know, it's sometimes when everything's going just fine, that you don't even get the praise. And as parents, you all know this. <laughs> Your kids don't thank you enough for all of the things you do, like the laundry, like the dishes, like keeping the house clean, like any of those things. Those are the things that you do well, and, you, you do, and you're proud of yourself for it, and no one's thanked you. <laughs> and you're like, you know, it'd be just nice if someone thanked me just once for scrubbing a toilet. <laughs> just once it would be nice. And so the same thing's true of the priest. You know, the priest sits there and says, you know, I wish somebody would notice. And it's, it, it's weak of us. But we're also still weak. We're still human. So how do you deal with that um, in forgiving? The same thing you deal with anybody's forgiveness. You, you ask for God's grace to help to forgive them. Never saying what was done was wrong, uh, wasn't wrong. That's, that's not forgiveness. God does, never says well, our sins when we confess them in a confessional. He never says, oh, no, they're not wrong. No, they're wrong. 
but I forgive you. And so, and since we're not perfect, we just try to do that every day. And we say it until we finally one day realize we have forgiven them. And then we're free of that. Uh, you know, we're free of our own burden. Uh, with the Pope, as you mentioned, you know, disagreements with him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, just make sure you know what you're arguing against. Right. If you want to argue with the Pope, he, I don't think you would mind a little bit. I don't think you would mind. <laughs> Pope Francis, he's Argentinian. He would have a great fight with you. But so I don't think you would mind if you took what he said and actually argued that. What all too often happens is we do not get what the Pope says. Mm -hmm. And very funny example from my own mother. Uh, <laughs> so, again, speaking of throwing people under the bus. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not her fault. So, you know, she's absolved from anything. We'll but, be sure to send this to her. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> she calls me and, you know, I'll I'm I'll send over. it. I, I do it for you. Thanks. In that case, uh, let's move right along. Forget the story, and we're just going to ignore them. No, it's again, it wasn't her fault. So, but she calls me in the middle. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> it was daytime over here, but it was the middle of the night in Rome where I was doing, you know, my studies. And so she calls me up. I said, "Yes, mom." She's like, "Chris, I just, I just read that the Pope canceled Christmas." The Pope can't cancel Christmas. It's not a thing. <laughs> She's like, no, he did. I just read it. <laughs> and she was right. She sent me the link. Here's an American trusted news source out there. And Pope has canceled Christmas. So I'm looking at this, you know, wiping the sleep from my eye. And uh, yeah, I'm scrolling down. And the source is an Irish newspaper. So I go back to the source. And I read theirs, and sure enough, they do that. And, and then they put what the American source didn't, was where they actually got this from. And so I was like, okay, I'll just go and read the actual Pope's, you know, what he said. But they didn't have an English translation out. Oh. They had an Italian. <laughs> they had it in Italian. So I read the Italian all the way through. I said, Mom, that's not what it says. And she's like, well, what does it say? And I said, it says that Google is really stupid and can't do translate yet. <laughs> So what the article had said, you know, what the newspaper had reported was the Pope cancels Christmas because uh, there is this war in Syria. And because of that, there is no joy on earth. Very dramatic. Thank you, Google Translate. Um, but what the actual document said is the Holy Father was expressing that the people in Syria, because of the war, could not feel the full joy of Christmas. It's going to be hard for them to keep it in their hearts. Well, that's true. And the Pope, that's a beautiful statement from the Pope. And it shows great compassion for those people. He was asking for prayers for them. In no way was he canceling Christmas. And yet, my mother was very concerned. Enough to call her son in the middle of the night and wake me. But, you know, this thing's happening. If the Pope, and I'm sure somebody told the Pope, somebody had to tell the Pope, that he had canceled Christmas in Ireland. <laughs> and also the parts of the U.S. who read that publication. Oh. So I'm sure he laughed at it. And he said, oh, can they never get it right? So, you know, uh, sometimes we have to laugh at things. And sometimes we have to say, does this really sound like the church that is protected by the Holy Spirit? Do we not believe and profess the creed? I believe in one holy and Catholic and apostolic faith. We trust the Holy Spirit. 
Because I think we don't sometimes. Because of that, we let that kind of doubt enter in. We allow Satan to start whispering horrible things. And then it just snowballs into this horrible thing that all of a sudden the Pope has canceled Christmas. So, yeah, I think that sometimes we need to be very patient. We need to also read it with charity. Um, after all, how many people, show of hands, even in the audience, um, how many listeners out there, raise your hand, have you uh, have you sent a text message and has been misunderstood? Mm-hmm. An email and it's been misunderstood. Have you even said something to their face and they still <laughs> misunderstood it? may not be your fault. <laughs> My you husband, have... like every day. <laughs> <laughs> and it can happen. Mm-hmm. Why? Communication is hard. Mm-hmm. But was it what you meant? No. And when you go back, sometimes you're like, oh my goodness, I should have put a comma there. It, it is not, you know, please eat. Or is it? <laughs> please eat grandma? Please. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I you're know, asking grandma to eat. Please eat grandma. Please eat grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Come and say my right. shoots and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we we all make mistakes. Um, and it does happen to the Pope, too. And it also happens maliciously. You know, there are people out there who want to malign the Pope, want to cause dissent and then this digression and all sorts of things. So, you know, in that, and, and just as people want to harm us too and take our words out of context so they can find the worst in things. So, but why? You know, um, do you think that Jesus is going to be like, I am so glad that you were so strict on that person's interpretation. It wasn't right, but I'm so glad you did it. No, Jesus is going to sit there and say, why didn't you read that with charity? <laughs> why, didn't you, why didn't you make the assumption that they're a human being? <laughs> are you a human being? Do you recognize you're a human being? You failed? I, I don't know. I feel like I've given a lot of parables. And there's this one where this guy strangled another guy. And uh, he was supposed to forgive him. You know what happened to him? He was thrown in jail until he paid back the last cent. You want me to throw you in jail to you to throw, pay back the last cent of what you owe me? Oh, it's all different now. So we need to breathe a lot. And for anybody out there who watches 24-hour news, please stop. (laughs) It's not news, and it's not healthy, either to your soul or to your mind. So just read some headlines, and that's it. And and you're not even keeping up on what there is, but at least you can keep up with conversation. Uh, There is one thing that, uh, you know, we were talking kind of a little bit about um, what topics might come up. And uh, one of them came up with children at mass. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was something I was going to kind of add on there. Like, you know, we've talked about like the hurt and confession that you've experienced, you know, or like some, you know, I've, I've had some hurts in confession. Yes. Um, then I also have had some um, hurt of being called out at mass from the pulpit for my kid mm. making noise mm. and being told to go to the cry room. Um, and... I wondered after on both of these situations, like, do, is there, is there a point where I should say something and say, do you realize how much you, you're hurt? Like you've hurt, you know, like to the, you know, these various priests or, cause I like, I've, I've written out the email and then deleted mm-hmm. it <laughs> and I've wondered, should I send it or should I not? So, so those, um, conversations when it's, um, when you have been, I mean, there are so many wonderful priests who are so encouraging of children 
at, at mass and like, and, and, you know, there's, you know, different, I try my, you know, we try our best at that, that, that particular time, my, we had just gotten back from a week long trip without the kids and my husband wasn't able to go to mass with us. He had to go somewhere else because our camper lost a tire or not a tire, the whole wheel fell off. Oh. And, um, so it was me with the four kids who hadn't been there with me for, a, you know, been with us for a whole week. And then, yeah, so we ended up, it, when we go to the cry room, they, the two-year-old just would scream bloody murder forever, um, and which is what happened. So instead, everybody heard him screaming through the cry room for the rest of the time. Um, <laughs> in which but, case, you say, Father, we have tested your cry room, and it is insufficient. <laughs> yes, yes, I think he's well aware of that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the advice I was given when I asked another priest about this, so this wasn't at my, but anyways, um, I, I asked, I was like, so what should I send something? Should I say something? And his advice was, the lesson is not for him. He's not going to hear it. <laughs> it's for me. And he was there with a, uh, a it was a seminary. And he's like, it's for him, he, us to know, you know, this is what. Um, sadly, there's was, some wisdom there. Yeah. So I was like, I never sent that one. <laughs> but, sadly, there's some wisdom there. It is hard for the, it's hard for the priests um in those situations and one reason why is because oftentimes it's kind of like parents you know if you guys get to the end of your rope i mean not here obviously present, present company excluded. <laughs> oh, yeah, but uh there may be parents out there somewhere who get to the end of their rope and all of a sudden they just snap mm-hmm. and they yell at their kids and their kid looks up <laughs> runs off to their bedroom and just cries their eyes out for the next hour. And when you try to go, and I'm so sorry, go away, go away. Yeah. Sometimes wish they would go to their room. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, they just cry right at your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, please, can you just go away? It's ugly. I don't want to see this. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that these things happen. Again, human beings, and they come to the end of their, their links as well. I... I there was a kid who, my goodness, God bless this kid. He had the lungs of, of you know, an amazing swimmer. Who knows? <laughs> but this kid just, you know, just on the front row while I'm trying to do the homily, full, absolute, full voice screaming his head off. And I'm trying to hold it together. And all my ideas that are in my head of this beautiful homily that I have totally worked on and just trying to help the people of God to get something and I know it's not just me. Like, I know that the other people are sitting there being like, oh, my goodness, get that kid out of here. Mm-hmm. I've heard not a word of what Father was saying, not that our homily, homily is the least important part of the Mass, by the way. It really is. But, yeah. you know, we sit there and we have these hopes with that. And, you know, during the reading, it was going on during the readings. And it was, you know, I was just like, don't go under the Eucharistic prayer. He went all the way up to the Eucharistic prayer. And then the mother, thankfully took the baby out and you know i have two sisters so they have both talked to me and they're like don't you dare (laughs) we will hunt you down if we hear about this we are coming and you will not have your loves we will twist them off (laughs) and you know good for them (laughs) so really i was going to say does this priest have sisters uh see if you can find them and see if they can talk to them And, you know, like the priest said, I think it is a little bit sadly lost on the priest because sometimes he feels bad. Like he knows he snapped. He was impatient. 
And, you know, he looks down and he sees, you know, I mean, my goodness, I look out and I see my sisters and their husbands and then their kids. And I see these parents and they're just fumbling with the kids to try to get them to be quiet and to settle them down. And then this one's running there and this one's running there. And when we're telling, you know, families to have lots of kids and then we're like, oh, but keep them all quiet. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's two of us. There's 40 of them. What do you expect <laughs> us to do, Father? You know, they, it's impossible. <laughs> so, I mean, Jesus doesn't ask us to do the impossible, so neither should the priest. And yet the priest also still has to be humanly trying to pray the Mass. He is trying to be intent and devoted in this um, to the mysteries, and so are the altar servers, and so are the people of God. And, you know, because we also do have, you know, um, you know, Mrs. McGillicuddy come to us after Mass and, Father, <laughs> Father, I think you should have some words with them. I never had that with my children. My children didn't act like that. And, you know, they forget. Because <laughs> I don't know of a child who doesn't act like that. So, you know, I, I was that way. Um, and then, you know, of course, we get the, oh, Father, all they need to do is just take them out one time. Take them out of church just one time. <laughs> you know what I mean, Father? You know what I mean? They're, you just take them out one time. They'll, they'll, they'll act right. Well, I was taken out, and yeah, it was somewhat effective, but um, otherwise not effective. I also busted my head on the front pew and bled everywhere, um, and they had to call an ambulance, and it was great. So, yeah, yeah, this is the whole gamut. And I'm sure the priest was sitting there being like, really? <laughs> Blood everywhere, fine. I guess we'll stop the mass so we can take care of the brochures kid so he doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> but there's all sorts of situations that come up and you ask priests and they really will have a myriad of things to talk about with this. Um, I mean, there was a person who died or almost died. They, they were, had to be taken out on a stretcher um, in the back of church. Nobody else in church knew this was going on. It was during the Eucharistic prayer. I'm standing at the altar praying to God. And then I look down and I'm like, there's a stretcher and an ambulance and EMTs. And that person doesn't look like they're breathing. Oh my goodness, I think they're doing chest compressions. And they're riding the person out on the back doors. And I have to keep all of this together and also pray. And also not give anything away to the people so they don't turn around and all lose their focus. So, you know. That's impressive. Can we control? I, I don't know that I did a good job. You know, with all of these things that can go on, uh, you know, Mass still goes on. And Mass is still, we, we sometimes forget, even the priest. That the, the Mass isn't the Mass because it was quiet and reverent. The Mass is the Mass because Jesus Christ comes to us, even in the midst of chaos. And he is the King of Peace. Sometimes a priest just wish that King of Peace would work on that one child. <laughs> so. I would say reverence is not always quiet. I mean, by... by uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I know my, my two-year-old is really trying <laughs> he's a very trying child um but he's real also try like i see him like making these connections went to daily mass on wednesday and um i was trying to he's i ended up taking him out so many different times um but he was i was what i was distracting him a little bit by looking at the the stations um because mass was going on in the little chapel and we were looking at the stations and he's like jesus is dead <laughs> like yeah but he rose again and he's in your heart he's like 
Jesus is in my heart. Father's in my heart. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I was like trying to explain. And so then when we went back in and I'm like trying to, you know, make the connection for him. And he's like, you know, all throughout, you know, communion and things. He's just like in his not able to whisper, trying to make that connection. It's like, oh, Jesus, Jesus is in my heart. And he pulls his shirt up and points at his belly button. Good. And I'm like, <laughs> Good. And so it's like, you know, he's trying at yes. where he's at. And that, you know, in his own way, he has that reverence Good. and it is very much not quiet. <laughs> I would say, share that with your priest. <laughs> say, you know what? My son had the most amazing experience in church the other day. <laughs> I, I know that sometimes he's been loud, but he's really getting it. And I think you're a part of that because he's starting to realize that connection between the priest and Christ and that Christ comes to us through the gift of the priest. So in that way, you know, it can maybe soften him because we sometimes sit there and say, you know, which medicine to use. Uh, I can either break your kneecap or I can go in there and I can suture it up. So maybe it really is the opposite mm -hmm. thing that needs to happen, the opposite medicine here where you sit there and say, you know what, Father, um, my kid sometimes does get loud and I'm, I'm sorry, I really don't want him to miss these things. Yeah. And so sometimes I, I keep him in there too long. Um, because I think if he just catches sight of you, you holding up the host, like it did one time, he, he'll be captivated. I don't want him to miss a minute of that. And so all of a sudden it changes the narrative for the priest and say, I didn't realize I was having an effect on the little guy. Well, now maybe your son becomes his favorite. Now maybe he starts toting on that little kid. Like, well, kid, if you think that's great, watch this. <laughs> so, you know, um, in that thing, it may be just the opposite. Explain why it's so good instead of, you know, father didn't hurt my feelings. Because it may have hurt his too. Not in the way, you know, that, in the, that he overreacted. And we feel defensive when we've overreacted. We want to double down and we want to say, no, I was right to do that. Okay, yeah. you may have been right to do it, not the right way. Yeah. So, but how is the right way? I don't know. As a priest, so, you know, because sometimes the hurt doesn't come from the priest. It comes from other parishioners. Yeah. <laughs> As a priest, like, how much of that do you, would, like, would be helpful for you to know? <laughs> All the gossip. <laughs> the, the gossip. But, like, you know, we were talking about, like, come from the pulpit about kids attending mass our priest has no like he has he he's fine with it like mm -hmm. he's like he doesn't care you know like you know um and he's a very re like and he's he's a very reverent guy but like if a kid tries to run up there it's not going to phase him like it doesn't it just doesn't but other parishioners have not to my family, but to other families are have made comments and not even this in at other churches. I have a friend whose son ha, is autistic and they got yeah. comics all the time. And that's so going back to children with disabilities are, are um, not neurotypical and things like that. And so like, how, like, does it help you as a priest to know that somebody said something to them? Just so you, they, there's a way for you to reach out and say, I don't feel that way. I, I, I don't, because I think sometimes when the hurt doesn't come from a priest, but it still comes from a, a, another parish member, that can make it hard to go to church too, because then yeah. you have to face those people. You have to sit next to them. You have to like, you know, 
do community things with them, go classes with them and things like that. And you have this hurt there and you don't want to have to face that every single time. Would it be helpful to you as a priest to know that that hurt was there? So you'd be like, well, I don't feel that way. I let, you know, I understand your family situation. I think it's important for your kids to be there or. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's some value in that, mm -hmm. that, you know, the priest can direct a lot of that, how people receive it. Because again, I think there is some kind of sense that, you know, if if mass is not exactly how I expected it to be, then I can't pray. Um, and the priest generally has had to pray in a lot of circumstances. So it's really, like you say, it's not oftentimes the priest who ultimately has problems with a lot of distractions. More often than not, it's the people of God who, who sit there and because they only have to do with this one hour a week and that's their maximum whereas the priest is gone he does three masses on sunday he's already done two masses on saturday he's done masses all week long he's done this funeral and this all this stuff he's had a bird poop on him outside of the <laughs> graveside and he carries on because he does you know so you have these kind of things that happen and so sometimes the priest isn't as phased as some of the people and you know, maybe it is a place where you can go to the priest and, and especially, you know, I know there's a circumstance happened at a parish I was visiting and, you know, I was getting ready to go out and celebrate mass. And uh, the sacristan back there said, Father, I just need to warn you that at this mass, there are um, a couple of children on the front row and they have some severe mental issues that but they love the mass. Just don't be shocked by their reactions. And so I go out there and I, I kind of see them as I'm processing in. Um, and when, you know, I do the Lord be with you, the most powerful, overwhelming shout I've ever heard in my whole life. I won't even do it. I want to blow out people's car speakers or anything like that. But I mean, just absolutely knocking me over how loud this kid on the front row. And I say kid, he was a teenager. Um, but with this severe mental disability and just... And where's your spirit? And it was so invigorating. I said, and I was like, in my homily, I said, I don't know why everybody didn't do what he did. Yeah. Why not? Why is everyone so quiet in here? Why is not everyone so excited about the mass? Why is the joy in his heart and that's not in your heart? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was one of these things that it changes the narrative yeah. when the priest sits there and says, I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the kid feels good. Mm -hmm. They feel safe. Of course, he can't control his volume. He can't control his excitement. And so it, it would do no good to try to do any anything corrective about that. Instead, embrace it and say, why isn't everyone else so excited? I love that. I have a, a nephew who's a very loud singer during mm. mass. <laughs> and, um, and yes, and we, you know, there's been... A couple of times where somebody says, I love your singing. And he's just so proud of himself. He's like, everybody loves my singing. <laughs> it's adorable. It feels great. It. Yeah. You know, yeah. compliments feel great. Mm -hmm. So instead so of saying, <laughs> you know, instead of saying, oh, well, we have to be the parish that sings on pitch. Okay, we're not. Okay, do we have to be? You know, is, do we have to have these preconceived notions of mm -hmm. exactly what has to happen? Would it be nice if it is? Sure. Are we in heaven yet? No. In the meantime, make a joyful sound to the Lord. Doesn't have to be on pitch one, just a joyful one.
Father, can I interject and respond to something that you said? Sure. Um, as I'm listening to you guys, you know, when I we came onto this podcast, all of us had our sort of um, our list of frustrations, you know, that we have with things. And as I'm listening to you speak, I'm listening to um, my girls talk and share their heart. I'm overcome with a sense of real conviction because I realize as you're speaking that it is I who have sinned in charity against, you know, my fathers, because there isn't a day that goes, that happens in my life that I don't blow up at my kids because I'm overstimulated by their loud noises when I'm trying to do something else, you know? (laughs) And so what, what, why wouldn't I see my priests that way? That, the, the father who loves me, who gives his life for us and shepherds his parish, why would I not have charity for that and realize that he's just like me? And he's like, please be quiet. So I can get this homily out because I really want to feed you and I need to feed you. you know? And so I let you know, me I, love you. To be fed, and your nine-year-old like needs to show you the Lego thing that he made. Like he's got to do it now. And you're like, no, you don't understand. I need to feed this two-year-old. Can you wait? And uh, and you know the bubbles are going up, and, and the blinders are coming up, and you're like, I'm going to explode because I'm overstimulated. Of course, priests get that way too. Why? And then I begin to think about all of the things that I don't see, all the criticism, all of the things that he's dealing with every single week. And just the burden of it all. And I think to myself, you and I are the same. Mm -hmm. You and I are the same. We're raising a family. Mm -hmm. And it's messy and it's gross and it's it's irritating. (laughs) And I'm going to be mad at you. You're going to be mad at me. And it's fine because we love each other. Amen. And we're going to get through it. And even like when we were talking about, you know, um, Pope Francis, we sin against charity when we fail to read the words of the Holy Father and to listen to his heart. You know, I I know so many people that will talk about Pope Francis in a negative light, and I'll ask them, have you read an encyclical? Have you read an audience? Have you listened to his heart as he pours it out? Because there's your context, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you know, if you, if you love a person, you profess to love the church, um, then you'll love that person more than you love your talking heads and your media moguls who claim to love the church who don't and you'll read the words of the holy father and respond to him in love from that context and so again you know mea culpa i sin in charity you know when i don't do these things when i don't i'm just like having like mind-blowing moments over here as you're talking (laughs) like i feel like i've learned so much from this call Mm -hmm. and i just um it's so much to think about uh, when he was talking earlier about like you didn't see what I was doing over here, oh, how many times I've had that conversation with my kids. I know you haven't been bothering me every two seconds, <laughs> but you weren't here one minute ago when your brother was here, and before that your sister was here, before that your other brother was here, and then about ten minutes ago you were here. But everybody else came in between. And I'm not mad at you. I'm just frustrated with I can't get this done because you keep coming and asking me to do things. And I, I thought about that as he was saying that. I was just like, yeah, 
That's me. That's my <laughs> yep, life. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, I get it. No, no, no. That's life. <laughs> yeah, that's just life. Yeah. yeah I love, so, yeah. and you're right. I mean, we're in the same boat here. Yeah. And it's not that the priests have a real fancy boat that's all different and we don't have these problems and we don't deal with these things. So, yeah. But, you know, we also um, should be deeper in grace. And so we ought to have something more. And so it's not wrong that you hope that your priests are 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 better at this. You know, <laughs> you, it's also a sign you're like, Father, you should at least be doing better than we're doing here. All right. <laughs> you know, we're, you should be absolutely dedicated in grace. And so, you know, don't stop praying for your priests. Um, they really do live off of those prayers. And God really does listen to the hearts of the faithful so much, especially when they pray for their priests. Um, it is immeasurable the amount of good that your prayers do for your priests. Please don't forget to pray for them. Um, and especially for the ones that upset you the most, that rub you the wrong way the most, just say, Lord, you know, even Ebenezer Scrooge got three ghosts. You can send my priest like a hundred. <laughs> just get him to, you know, have this deep conversion, this deep moment and, and help him to also see that he's also in the same boat. You know, it's not easy for us just as it's not easy for him. And, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier that, you know, we just need to have this place of charity where we both come and talk and we sit there and say, you know what? We've both have a couple bags of suck for a while, you know, in our different lives. And we need to find resolution here and we need to find a better way. There is a better way. There's always a better way. We can always improve. So and sometimes the answer really lies with the lady. They have something that the priests don't have. We ha you have a component we haven't seen yet, and it really helps us put the pieces together with you. My question with that is, how do you suggest that somebody comes to you and not sound like they're complaining or gossiping or just nagging? Because a lot of times that's how people, they have this thought, and then they, like, come at you with it. Mm -hmm. So what would, like... What would be beneficial to you as a priest? Like, how would you like those things to be brought up to you instead of somebody coming in? Father, this is, this is, you did, you did this and this and this, or so-and-so did this. Did you hear about so-and-so, what they did over there? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, I would say it deals mostly with the priest. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Yeah. I kind of don't like beating around the bush. Mm -hmm. If you have got, you just want to say, father, I'm pissed off. Great. Come on in. Let's, uh, you know, shut the door. You can yell and they can hear, the secretary can hear a little bit, just mostly muffled screams. Then they'll be mine, I'm sure. But just go ahead, <laughs> cut, cut loose, and let's just have it out. I'd rather have it out because that's, I'm, I'm one of those that just says, you know what? I would rather just get all the messy out of the way mm -hmm. and then we can settle up at the end. Um, I would, I, Instead, we sometimes waste a lot of time because we're we're so delicate about saying, oh, Father, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I just say, you know what? Let's get over that because I really hardly have any left. So just go ahead and dump. I said, just, just pile on and then we'll sort it out. I'd rather just make sure that we really hit the issues that are important. That's not every priest. And I'm not even going to say that's many priests. So it depends on your priest and how you approach them. But he's a human being. Um, and just say, you know what, I Just the biggest thing is we don't like, you know, that uh, that out of left field kind of thing. The ball we weren't looking for just hit us. So 
right side of the head. So if you could just give us the most heads up, just be honest, Father, I'm upset about something that you did, and I would like to talk through it. Um, because I think every priest would sit there and say, I can prepare myself to go into that meeting. If you go into the meeting, and this is one of my favorite things people do. Uh, so I see, uh, I tell the secretary, I see I've got an appointment this afternoon with so-and-so. What's it about? Oh, they didn't say. <laughs> well, now my brain starts working, mm -hmm. and I start imagining all sorts of things, and it could be the worst thing in the world, but I'd just rather know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so-and-so is upset with you because yeah. of what you did. Okay, at least I know exactly the range that we're in. Mm -hmm. And I know how to approach this, mm -hmm. that I know that I have upset you. I may, still, I may still say at the end of the day, I'm sorry that you didn't like the decision. I'm sticking by my decision. But I really do appreciate that you, that you do share these things with me because I didn't think you'd be upset. Now that I know is the way that I did it has upset you and not the actual decision. Or maybe it is the decision. And I'm sorry, but the decision stands. And maybe I get a chance to explain better why. But if somebody just says, I would like a meeting with the pastor, and I'm not saying why. Okay. <laughs> well, we don't know what to expect. So just be honest. Say, you know what, Father? Right. Would you want, yeah, would you want someone to do that to you? You know, like, yeah. would you, like, I, so, so as a general, just for bullet points for our listeners, don't approach him after mass. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you. He yeah. just, he just, don't do it. Make an appointment and or, say what it's Or five about. minutes before yeah. Mass. Father, I need to unload. <laughs> like, so just so we know, Father, that is not the time to air your grievances. Oh, please. Okay. I, I know it's very convenient for everyone else because you have the priest right in front of you. But yes, he Sundays are just such terrible days. And sometimes we don't even remember them at all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you tell something <laughs> on that day and we haven't even remembered That's it. Fine. So we can never learn from it. So come to us throughout the week. Most priests take Monday off. Thank you for that point. It's brilliant. Make an appointment. Tell the secretary or the office, whatever. Uh, say, this is why I would like to come in. I'd like to do it in a time that we can have this discussion peaceably. I may cry a little or I may yell a little, but... You know, just, I, I want to have this conversation because I want to find resolution somehow. If, if somebody came in like that and said, Father, I don't know how to deal with this. I just want to find resolution on a problem. And, and the priest is going to say, I want resolution too. I don't want you to be upset at Mass. I don't want you to come to these things angry. I don't want that. Just as you don't want your children to be stewing over things. And so many times have people gone months, months I find out later. Father, I just, I just, I wasn't gonna come talk to you about this. I wasn't gonna, and I just can't take it anymore. And then they come talk to me and I said, I'm sorry, that's not what I said. That's that's not even what I said. And and so I said, you're upset about this thing that didn't wasn't even real. And I mean, that's happened so many times to me, can't even explain. So come in and see, maybe it's a confused point. And maybe it's not. There, there's plenty of opportunities out there that's not. But what if it is? And what if you've been suffering under this a long time? Or maybe the priest agrees with you. There's a lot of times the priest comes, I said, I've sat down across from somebody, Father, this just upsets me to no end. You're right, it does me too. What? <laughs> it it upsets me too. I'm pissed off too. Okay. 
Uh, well, Father, I wasn't and expecting I wonder that. If we could, I'm so sorry, didn't mean to You're fine. I wonder if we could see those temptations to put up walls and division as a direct sign that the enemy is involved. Mm-hmm. And that if we could just condition ourselves to be like, okay, I don't want to go talk to him. I'd rather put up a wall. I'd rather be mad. Or I'm, I wonder if, if we could remember that there is an enemy at work here and that he does not want us to have union with our fathers and our fellow parishioners mm-hmm. and that he is going to be making suggestions. If you don't believe that, read screw tape letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, let's, um, so what if we came to the plate with this stuff, like when this happens, realizing that if I am being tempted to withhold my heart and hold a grudge and pull myself away from my priest, this is not of God. I emphatically agree. Emphatically. If only there were a video. I am sitting here and just <laughs> nodding <laughs> just vigorously. Amen. Amen. And because it, my favorite thing about, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed studying Greek. And the favorite thing about the name devil, um, dia, uh, diabolos, is the, the, the one who casts an obstruction through the middle. And he does. He separates. So he divides. And the easiest way to do that is to go and say, you know what? What Jesus says, no, let me go first and be reconciled. Before we get to the end of this, let me go and be reconciled. And again, sometimes the priest stepped in it and he really didn't mean to. Sometimes he stepped in it and he didn't know it was as deep as it was, uh, as stinky as it was. He doesn't realize that he's quite made the mess that he has. And so we sometimes don't know the effect. So, um, and that's good for us to know. So, yeah, amen, amen. Well, thank you, Father, for coming and talking to us about all these things that you all have to, as priests, have to deal with and and how, because I think it's important to know the pers- from your all's perspective, too, because we have ours and it's good to know from the other side also. Well, because we're all working together for the same goal. That's it. I mean, and this is the important part too: is that don't be afraid to also talk to your priest about these things. Um, sometimes, you know, it becomes this thing like Satan, just trying to create these barriers between us, knock us down, keep us separated. No, nope. um, we also need that kind of feedback, this this exchange, this um, engagement, just as the children need engagement with their parents, and the parents need to hear from the children. So let's, yeah, have good conversations, even if it's yelling sometimes. (laughs) And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you. Coffee and Catholics is a proud partner of the Smart Catholics Podcast Network. Find new shows to love, meet like-minded Catholics, and join the community at smartcatholics.com.